Hello and welcome to another episode of Fight on Montana. I am your host, Adam Healy. Before we get to our episode today, I'd just like to remind the listeners to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That helps us out greatly. So rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher. If you would like to get a hold of us, don't hesitate to do that. You can find us on our three platforms, social media platforms. We are on Twitter at FightOnMontana. Also on Instagram at FightOnMontana. Make sure you follow us on both of those as well. And you can find us on our Facebook page as well at FightOnMontana as well. So let's not skip a beat. We are going to get into this episode. We have the great pleasure in having former Grizz defensive end, your number 37 jersey wearer, Zach Wagonman. Adam. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, man? Good, good. Thanks for coming on and, and spending some time with me, man. Yeah, absolutely. What have you been up to these days? I, uh, well, I'm living back in Missoula, actually. Um, I'm working for a medical device company called Stryker, and I'm, uh, I'm doing some sales for them right now. Awesome. Yeah, it's been good. Awesome. Coming from Missoula, were you being recruited by uh, anyone else? Um, other schools? Yeah. Um, not really. You know, I had some conversations with, um, with Bozeman State, and I went to a game. Um, but th- that was really it. I mean, I, I really wasn't highly recruited at all. Um, you know, U of M was the only scholarship offer offer that I received, and it was a partial, um, and, and that was the only offer that I had. So U of M was actually only offering you a partial scholarship. Yeah. Okay. And did that that later go into a full ride, or, or what, how did that come about? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, let's see. I. I like to think that I earned a full ride. It was spring ball going into my sophomore, redshirt sophomore year. So it would have been okay. spring of 2012. Um, was able to have an opportunity to, to fight for that starting position in spring ball and had a, had a fairly good spring ball and was able to earn getting put on full scholarship, was, which was a you know, an amazing help just because I was, you know, I had a job while I was doing, you know, school and football and all that stuff just to, you know, make sure that all those things were paid for. So once that happened, it was a, it was a huge, um, you know, relief and I felt like an accomplishment and was glad that I was able to put myself in that position. Do you feel like that kind of let you kind of release and kind of just focus on, on football and kind of, you know, give you the opportunity of becoming more than maybe you thought you could be or, or, or becoming what you wanted to be? Yeah, I mean, you know, we only have so much energy to give and anything in our lives, you know, if you're spread too thin, um, you know, it, it allowed me to refocus the energy that I was putting towards work and the time and effort that went 
to doing that and I could just pour more into football. So yeah, it definitely helped me um, in that sense. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Like I've talked to some other players and um, just what you guys go through. Um, I know some people are like, oh, well, they're, they get full ride and it, it's not like that. I think people don't really understand what you guys go through as athletes and preparing your body and preparing, you know, for school and, and everything that goes into it. I can't imagine being a student, being an athlete, and then having a job on top of it. Yeah, it's, it, there's a lot that goes on the scene, uh, behind the scenes. You know, it's, it's easy to think that, oh, well, you know, you come out for a few Saturdays during the fall, you play some football and, you know, life must be great. And it is. I mean, what a privilege and an honor to be able to be a collegiate football player. I mean, just an awesome experience and privilege to be able to do something like that. But, yeah, there's a lot of time, effort, sweat, tears, blood, everything that goes into it. I mean, if you broke it down, how many hours that went into film study and weight room work and field work and all of that kind of stuff just to get to those few minutes that you get every Saturday during the fall, let alone, to your point, you know, also being a college athlete, a student athlete, and having the full course load and everything that goes along with it. So, yeah, it, it definitely, um, there's a lot more, I think, than meets the, the eye that goes into being a college football player or a college athlete in general. Yeah, that's crazy. So did you always want to play at University of Montana, or there's a, was there another dream school out there that you wanted to go to? You know, there really wasn't. Um, you know, I didn't start playing football until high school. My first year ever playing football was my freshman year in high school. And I was, I was god awful at it. I kind of, I rode the bench and uh, never really, didn't really play my first year. And honestly, was just trying to figure out how the game worked. You know, I always grew up watching and stuff, but as far as, you know, me being on the field when I got the chance to. So, you know, playing college football, funny enough, never really it kind of materialized late in high school. And at that point, you know, it was already at the point that you should be talking to different colleges and being deep in the recruiting um, process. And that process was just kind of locally. It was U of M and it was MSU. Um, And so I I guess I never really had that, oh, I want to go play at, you know, wherever else. You know, I grew up a Grizz fan, grew up going to the game. So having the opportunity to do that was kind of a no-brainer. So yeah, why did you choose the University of Montana? Uh, it was my only offer. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than that, did, did you, were you able to, you know, st- uh, Bozeman State, as you referenced, didn't, didn't offer you, they just had you show up for a game? Yeah, you know, it was however the recruiting process was going back then, you know, I I was talking to some of the coaches, but, but it didn't, they weren't heavily recruiting me. Um, You know, I I went to their summer camp, I think going into my senior year, um, that kind of thing. But yeah, no, I mean, U of M was my only offer and, you know, it was my hometown team and, um, you know, having the opportunity to wear those colors and to play in that stadium. And it, it was a no brainer. That's awesome. So what did you like most about your time at University of Montana? Oh, God. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, that's 
that's such a loaded question. I mean, I was there five, I mean, I was there five years, you know, I mean, I yeah. registered and so five, or I guess four and a half because I graduated a little early, but you know, about five years on campus. I mean, it's a great school, amazing campus, obviously. Um, you know, the football program is second to none in FCS, in my opinion, you know, it's just, I think the biggest thing, you know, not to sound corny or anything, but it was, it was the people I was able to meet along the way, you know, my teammates, my classmates, coaches, you know, mentors, all of those things, all those people that came into my life that are still a big part of my life. So that that's definitely the, the thing I, I think of first. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. A lot of the um, former players like that I've, I've gotten to talk to said that, you know, it's just, it's hard to recreate, you know, that bond with, with coaches and, and former um, teammates and it's just going back to, and I think I, I've never played college anything, but you know, back in high school, you know, you, you just afterwards, you just like, like those times of, of being with the guys and the stories that you tell. And so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that camaraderie, that, that brotherhood and, and, be, and being on a football team is, is so unique in the sense that, you know, there's a hundred people, you know, from, you know, potentially a hundred different walks of life and you come together for this, this common goal, this common purpose. And, and it really is, you know, not to sound corny. It's, it's really amazing how it changes you as, as a person, you know, aside from all of the, the sports and the football aspect of it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. So do you have a favorite memory or story from your career? God, I mean, it's we could spend an entire hour on you know anecdotes <laughs> and, and stories and memories. I mean, so many cool things. I mean, you know, games of you know beating Cal Poly at home in overtime. That was an amazing experience. Um, just some crazy stuff happened during that game that you know still to this day I think about. Um, you know, when Appy State came to Washington Grizz and we played them on the season opener. That was an amazing, you know, experience going to the, going to the semifinals down at Sam Houston in 2011 and being on that team. And it was a great football team. Um, lots of, lots of memories, you know, walking out, you know, on senior day. Um, so many different things. It's hard to say just, just one of those stories or one of those memories. There were so many. And, and I feel lucky that I have, I have so many that, too many to choose from yeah so do you have a favorite tradition that at the um you know that's something that's that's really cool about the university of montana is we have so many of these traditions old traditions that yeah have been going on so long it's almost kind of hard to figure out exactly like well, who started this and, and why did they start <laughs> it and you know it, it was cool you know after college you know i was lucky enough to, to continue my my football career with with the arizona cardinals and being in that locker room with you know a, a guy a bunch of guys from you know schools all over the country you know sec schools you know pac-12 act all, all these different um big colleges it was cool to sit down and share some of these traditions that we have and even the guys that went to those big schools they were like wow like you guys have some really cool stuff like they, yeah. they were even, 
they were even kind of taken by it. Um, you know, it's, it's it's not to cop out or anything, but the 37 tradition is really cool and it's very unique. And it's something that has become something so much bigger than I think that, you know, the original players that started it probably intended for it to become. And it's become such this, you know, community force all the way across the state. And it would be hard not to say that, I mean, the 37 tradition is, is probably my favorite, but, but there's so many other ones that, you know, uh, probably people, you know, will, will never even know about the little things that happen in the locker room or, you know, within the team that it, it just made the experience um, so cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you have a favorite uniform combo that you loved wearing? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I I thought that we were all always – we always swagged out pretty well. We, we, had, yeah. some, we had some good duds, and I, I don't think so. I, I never had. I don't have one that popped out of my head. I was like, ooh, yeah, that one. I mean. <laughs> so what is it like? You know, I, I've I've watched a lot of games at uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium, but what is it like to play in Washington Grizzly Stadium? Uh, it's awesome. Um, no, we have, a, we have a great venue. I mean, there's you know, 26,000 strong, you know, as far as capacity, you know, it seems like we sneak a few more people in there some weekends. Um, but it's awesome. It's what people I don't think understand is that like the sidelines are very, very small in that stadium. Yeah. And it creates this atmosphere where it feels like the fans are right on top of you and it's loud in there. I mean, they're, there are times, especially playing defense, you know, getting close to that north end zone where you can't hear yourself think. And, and I, I almost mean it almost literally. I mean, we all have to, on the defensive side and offensive side, but playing at home defensively, I mean, you have to have your hand signals down because you can you cannot – hear each other talk and i'm talking like if i grab your helmet and i'm screaming into the side of it into that little ear hole i mean you cannot hear each other so it gets incredibly loud the energy in there is amazing um i i will contend that it's one of the best venues for college football in the country yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that too. You know, I've, I've talked to, you know, George, I've talked to Jordan Tripp and and Brock Coyle, and uh, they've said, you know, even compared to NFL stadiums, it, it, it's pretty pretty darn close. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, the the energy that's in there, and it's it's big enough that it's really loud, and you get that that big time football atmosphere. But it's small that it feels intimate as well. It's it's a really, really cool venue. Yeah. So what is it like to play in a Grizz Cat game? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the best weekend of the year. Um, I always, you know, feel like the classic thing in sports is you're supposed to say, ah, it's just another game, it's just another weekend, and that's just totally not true. Um yeah when you play those big games, those rivalry games, they're different. And I love the rivalry. I I love 
I loved that weekend um, playing in that game. It just felt like there was something more on the line because there was, because we were playing for, you know, the state of Montana and um, some of the best memories I have are, are from those games. So in, in your opinion, uh, that weekend, you know, there's probably a whole lot more stress on you as the players and coaches as your your opinion, would you do you think uh, a better way to do it is to you know prepare and say it, it it's just another game, or do you kind of you know go hard onto that game and and focus more of your attention and and kind of make it big? Yeah, um, and this is my personal opinion, but I make it big. I mean. It's it is different. I mean, the rivalry game. It's it's a big game. You know, you you come to U of M to play and to beat MSU. I mean, that that's part of it, right? And yeah. every other game. You know, at the end of the day, we'll chalk it up to a win or a loss, right? And it counts the same as any other win or loss. But there's just so much culture and tradition in that game um, that I, I think you'd be hard pressed to say that. Well, it is just another game. Yeah. Do you think, you know, like you're, you're from Montana, so there's obviously a little bit more, not like necessarily buy-in, but this more knowledge and, and knowing the, the rivalry. Do you think that, that players from outside Montana get it or is it kind of like, okay, we get it, but you know, it's, is, is it understood yeah. what that, what that rivalry is? I, I feel like when, when guys first get on the team, they know that they're, you know, they know that there is a rivalry, but it's almost like us Montana guys have to almost kind of teach them, you know, kind of explain it to them. And I think the longer that um, out-of-state um, players are here and part of it and kind of inundated in that um, and get to enjoy the rivalry, the more they're bought in and the more important it becomes. Yeah, definitely. So was there a par- uh, another particular team that you like to play other than uh, the the Cats? Yeah, I think, you know, while I was there, you know, Eastern Washington was a really big rival for us. Um, they had a really, really good football team, and we had some great games against them. Um, and they had our, you know, they had our number a lot of the times. Um, but that, that game was always – I felt like we had a little bit, we were a little bit more up for that game for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Is there a player in your career that you played or with or played against where you're like, man, that dude is, is a freak athlete. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Cooper, um, for Eastern Washington, Cooper cup, he was, he's the real deal. Um, and you could see that on, on film and then when you were when you were there um in person i mean he was just a an absolute monster you know and i was able to i guess it was my senior year we played um ndsu at the fargo dome and and playing against wentz i mean he was you could tell that he was he was going to be he was going to be a big deal i I didn't think he was going to be the whatever he was the second overall pick or whatever you know he, he became um that um over those next couple of years but 
yeah, he was he was a really good player as well. I mean, there was a lot. There's a lot of good football players in the Big Sky Conference and, and in FCS um, in general. So the, there was definitely some, some really great football players. Yeah, totally, totally uh, understand that. So while at UMU played for two coaches, I believe, Coach uh, Flugrad and also Coach Delaney, what was it like to play for those two coaches? And do you feel like your particular like style of play fit one better than the other? Yeah. I mean, I mean, both, you know, great people um, enjoyed playing for both of them. You know, Mick, uh, Coach Delaney, he's, I feel like I connected with him a little bit more. He, he was kind of more of a, I, I think more of like a player's coach. I mean, he's incredible. I mean, he still to this day, I'll talk to him and he'll ask how, my brothers are doing and he remembers their names. I mean, and he does that for every single player and he's coached for a hundred thousand years and he, he knows everyone's family and, and is genuinely wants to know how they are doing, how you are doing as a person. And, um, you know, and, and he, he was old school too, which I really liked. Um, so I, I loved Nick and, and enjoyed playing for him. Yeah. I actually got to talk to uh, coach Delaney and, he he just sounds like a real guy and just willing to uh, just help you out. And, you know, just that, that butte kind of attitude as well. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just a, <laughs> just a old tough guy, but just an absolute, I mean, biggest heart in the world would give the shirt off his back. Um, generally wanted to help people out and help players out. And yeah, I, I, I love coach Mick. So. So I, I believe in 20, uh, 2010, you redshirted, and that yep. year you were named Scout, Scout Team uh, Player of the Year. So what were, what were your first your expectations, you know, coming out of high school and coming into that first year? Yeah, you know, I, when I started that first year, I think I was like 205, 210 pounds. So I was, I was really light. I was really skinny and was never a huge weight room guy in high school. And I found out real quick (laughs) that I had a lot of work to do as far as changing my body to play this position at this level. So that year was, man, I learned a lot. I, uh, I um we had a we had a really really good offensive line um, when I first got there. Um, uh, Opie was a tackle. Uh, Chuck was a tackle. Um, and playing against those guys during the scout team every single day, and I mean honestly, just getting my teeth kicked in. <laughs> I think that it made me it my learning curve was completely changed by that, and I, I feel like I I took quantum leaps forward because I was, I was going against those great guys and, and getting my butt handed to me every single day. Um, so, so that was, it was just a great learning experience to be able to, to be able to go through that. Well, and you know, you, like you said, 205, 210 pounds, they probably outweighed you by at least a hundred pounds. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was just, it was ridiculous. I mean, they just, <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll just say that I learned a lot, and I learned it quick, and uh, I learned that I needed to start to love the weight room, and uh, I needed to eat more, and all the things that, that go along with that. 
did you just go home and your body just like hurt from the inside out just like you're like oh my gosh what did i get myself into <laughs> yeah no it was it was it was just getting in felt like you were getting car wrecks over and over again oh going into the the 2011 season uh, what did you want to accomplish that year you know coming from the scout team um what were your your goals that year and, and what did you want to accomplish yeah i mean i i knew that I knew that I was going to have to earn some spots on some special teams and, you know, I wanted spots on all of them and I just, I wanted to be on the field so bad. And well, I think one of my goals when I started was I really wanted to get some snaps on defense. I mean, I knew it was going to be a good team and it ended up being a very good team. And I ended up playing pretty strictly just on special teams. I think I I got some garbage time here and there um, just because it was a really good team and, excuse me, we were able to, you know, be up by a lot in the fourth quarter and I would, I would sneak in there every once in a while, but yeah, it was, it was just to earn those spots on those special teams and, and actually get to play, get to play college football um, and just get out there and, and, and compete. So that was kind of the, the thought process going into that year. Yeah. Well, and then like, like you said, that, that team was amazing. Um, and, I believe, you know, if you guys would have had four more minutes against or three more minutes against that Sam Houston team, that it could have been a, a different story. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that was a great game. And it was starting to, the tide was shifting our way. And, you know, sometimes that's the, you know, you're almost fighting the clock and, and the, the momentum that goes with that. And, yeah, I think we just ran out of time. But it was a great team and some great, great football players on that team. Yeah. So how hard is that? You know, you guys, you guys fell short. I believe it was by like three points. Um, you know, in the semifinal game, uh, I believe it was in Texas, I believe. And you guys yep. were, I, uh, I think, but I believe Sam Houston was the number one team, I believe. Um, how hard is that to, you know, come so close to being, you know, three points away to, to, to be in the championship game, but just fall like just a little short. Yeah, it's tough. And as, you know, a younger and underclassman, you know, the redshirt freshman that year, it just kind of, I felt gutted for the seniors. You know, we, we were so close because in, in your mind at the time, you're thinking like, oh, we're going to be back here every year. You yeah. Know? We're, we're going to have another chance at it. And I think that was something that you just, you learn with time just how hard it is for everything to come together to have a great season to make it that far so looking back on it it's, it's almost more so now where i'm like golly we we were so close but yeah at the time it's you're just gutted for those seniors that you know have worked so hard to get to that point and we're so close to to taking that championship trip and uh yeah it's tough it's tough but a great year and a great a great football team yeah definitely so how hard was that off season 2011, you know, with, with coach Flugrad um, being let go? Uh, how hard was that off season? <laughs> um, yeah. How do you, how to put in the short, quick answer it was, a really, <laughs> was that was an incredible off season um, for all of probably the, the wrong reasons. Right. It was, it was yeah. tough. Um, it was really weird. It was, 
it was a heck of a time. But, you know, I, I will say this. Everything that we went through, it was so powerful because that team and, and those guys, we all came together and we got so tight. We got so close. Um, and we were there for one another. And to me, that was – that was the really cool part of all of that. I guess if you were, you know, trying to find that silver lining, it, it made us so much closer as as teammates and brothers and and all of that. And obviously, you know, everything else that happened, it was it was a rough off season. Yeah. Yeah, I truly I truly agree with you. Like it's amazing how you guys came together as as players and um just able how how to deal with that you know because it was i believe it wasn't just the coach it was the the ad as well jim o'day uh being let go as well and and so you know i think mick delaney had had left the team for retirement in february and so you know you guys didn't really have a coach no athletic director so you really probably for a while had to you know rely on that leadership of your team um, where it could have easily just slipped through your hands and, and could have been catastrophic um, for the program. So I, I totally give you guys credit and, and really think that some of the blessings and, and some of the, the what things accomplish in the, in the future kind of kind of really go back to that team um, pulling it together and, and getting through that really hard time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy just hearing you, you know, say that. It, we, we really didn't have a choice, and we felt like all we had was each other. You know, we, we had no idea what was going to happen to the coaching staff. We had no yeah. idea. I mean, maybe maybe a new coach comes in and decides, hey, we're going to run a different scheme offensively and defensively, and, I mean, it might have gutted the roster. I mean, we had no yeah. idea what was going to go on, and all we could do was be there for one another. And – yeah, it's it's crazy to think about that. We were we were kind of able to do that, you know, and uh, I think it forged some of the best, you know, teammates and friends that I have to this day. So how, how and I, I'm not like, trying to dig, but how did you guys do it? Did, did you guys have, you know, your uh, captains on your team kind of call meetings and say, hey, we got to we got to stick together. This is what we're going to do. Like, it blows my mind how you guys. You know, as you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old guys just came together. It's just amazing. Yeah, we, we had some great, great upperclassmen. We 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 called a lot of team meetings, and I think there was that wisdom on those teams that hey, we this could go one of two ways, and and we need to make sure that we're doing it, doing everything right moving forward, and we need to be there for each other we need to protect one another we need to you know do all those little things and there's a lot of talking it was a lot of meeting um yeah that's that's kind of kind of how it went did you guys feel like you guys were kind of like on an island like just kind of like against you guys against the world like not necessarily the fans but like you know the the administration kind of just feeling like hey who's really got who's really got our, our, our best needs and, and, in hand. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like, you know, 
you know, you just started to feel like, I mean, honestly, even, even in the community, you know, it was, it was just a weird time where, you know, some bad things happened and, and there was a lot of people caught in the crossfire where it was like, you know, some of the best human beings that I know, you know, were on that team. And it, it was, it was rough to not know that we were going to have the support of the administration because there wasn't any, right. I mean, we lost yeah. a head coach in our 80s and, you know, we felt, yeah, I guess on an island's a good way to say it. Um, it was it was a strange time to be a Grizz football player. Yeah, definitely. It was. <laughs> I, I remember those those years and just how weird how weird it happened too. Just like out of the blue, and it was just like boom, boom, and you're just like, what in the what? How, did that really just happen? Like coming off of a semifinal year, and it was just yeah. it was crazy. Well, and, and just imagine being in those meetings of, you know, because yeah. I mean, we had no idea any of this stuff was going on either. And, and we just got done with this great year and we're thinking like, hey, we're going to be back there next year. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, everyone, you know, come to the team meeting room. We need to talk about some stuff. And all, all of a sudden everything kind of started coming out. And it was like, it, it just kind of felt like you were living in the twilight zone. Like this, you know, pinch me, wake me up. This this can't actually be happening. And um I think we both keep saying weird, but it was just a weird time. Yeah. Did Fluograd get to talk to you guys and, and say a few words or address you guys or who addressed you guys? Yeah. I mean, definitely there were some coaches um, that talked and, you know, I think I'm trying to remember it was, you know, they, they didn't know it was going to go on either. You know, the, the other assistant coaches knew if they were going to be retained or, if you know, someone else was going to come in and put together an entire new staff. And there was just so much up in the air. Um, really, the focus was just staying together and doing the right things and just trying to, trying to move forward and, and see kind of how the cards were going to be laid out for us to play. So in the end, you know, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Coach Delaney uh, comes out of retirement. How how did you guys feel when when you guys knew Delaney was coming back, and and how did that make you guys feel? I mean, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great decision. I mean, you get a guy who is, I mean, he'd been around Grizz football for so many years, um, a familiar face on the sideline in the community. Um, a guy who, like I mentioned earlier, is old school and really, really harps on doing things the right way. And I, I thought it was a great move. I was excited about it. Um, and I knew that he was going to put together a great staff. And, and I knew that a lot of our coaches were going to be retained. Um, and, and we had a great coaching staff. And so trying to keep a lot of those guys together, um, I knew that was going to help. In 2012, you had your breakout year. You averaged a little over, I believe, like a sack a game. I think it was like, if I looked at my research, 1.05 if you like cut it down to games. Uh, 11 and a half sacks that year. That year for the team, it it didn't probably end up how you probably wanted it to. Um, I believe it was like a, the five and six year. You guys had a lot of close games that year. Um what do you think went wrong that year? Was it kind of leftovers from the off season? Was it, you know, getting to know uh, new, 
new schemes or new new coaches? What went wrong? Yeah, it's uh, you know, so much goes into winning a football game on really on any level, you know, and, and the higher you go up, the harder it becomes because there's just so many variables and we we weren't a bad team that year. We um we just couldn't finish games. I mean, that's really what it came down to was yeah. having you know, we had a lot of young players that had to step up and in key positions and we just weren't able to close games out, you know, like we should have. I mean, like you said, we were five and six and I believe that we still had an opportunity to to potentially make the playoffs and it yeah, just yeah, I remember that year because it was ended by the cats. <laughs> the last, the What's last that? game of the year, I think it was ended yeah. by the cats. I think we kind of had like a somewhat of a, a a chance, and um, the it was a really close cat game that year too. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, that's, that's such a tough, you know, way to end the season. You know, we were the. I think that we were like the first Grizz team to miss the playoffs and a century or something like that so that's never a good feeling and you know to have to, to have the have the cats knock you out of the playoffs for sure you know and who's who's to say that we even get in if, if we do win that game but i know that we had a chance to so yeah that was tough that was tough to uh to reconcile because i mean shoot the year before i mean we played football through december yeah you know and then then come mid-november i mean we were done for thanksgiving and that's never never what you want so that was a that was a tough way to end the year. So what was the atmosphere like? Like, did you guys say, okay, we we need to do this, we need to do this after that year? What what went went on to you know to turn the tide? Yeah, I mean you you know what you need to do. I mean it's you watch the film, you break down the analytics, you do all of those things. You know, you do our homework and we knew what we had to do. We had to, we had to shore up in a few different areas and we had to play a little bit more disciplined football. And um, so, so I think that we kind of, we knew what we had to do going into 2013 and, you know, that spring ball, I think it was, you know, an inspired spring in the sense that, you know, we were anxious to get back to playing football because I think a lot of us felt like, you know, we didn't deliver what we could have um, the year before. So, Definitely knew what we had to accomplish and work on going into that season. Um, I, I guess that's the the silver lining of having, you know, a bad game or a less than optimal season is you're able to learn a lot from that and, and hopefully apply it moving forward. And I think that we were able to do that um, going into 2013. So this kind of is this a question I kind of thought of, like, how like as a former player like how important is a um a, the spring season you know with with it being kind of canceled this year with with current players with covid how important do you feel the spring season is yeah it's huge it's you know just like anything as you're trying to become better pretty much the only way when you boil things down is to get reps it's to put those reps in as an individual you know, working on your craft and then, you know, as a team running through those drills and coming together and getting that chemistry and continuity, you know, on the offense and defensive side of the ball and special teams. So not having that is, is brutal. Um, You know, I think that spring, I actually blew my shoulder out 
in that last game um, against the Cats. And so I, I didn't get that spring. Okay. And it, I, I had to sit that one out because I was recovering from shoulder surgery. And, you know, I remember thinking to myself, like, gosh, I wish I could have, you know, gotten those reps. And then when I was finally cleared in the summer, it was like, God, let's go. You know, I was so excited for camp. Just kind of super excited to get going just because, yeah, to have those reps and to, to build that on-field chemistry, it's it's super important. So in 2013, you, you had a great uh, a great year. You know, I know I asked you this question earlier, but what were your, you know, coming off the 2012 year where you had, you know, a, a great year, what, what were your expectations and how did you want to build on that? Yeah, you know, I – I had pretty high expectations after sophomore year, you know, watching the film, understanding that, you know, there was plays that I, you know, were left on the field that I, I wasn't able to finish. So working on things from a technical standpoint, um, as far as, you know, individually. So uh, I definitely had, you know, I wanted to, to impact the game as much as possible. Cause I know the, the more sacks that I get, the better the, the team does. So um, yeah, I had high expectations and, um, you know, I, I don't know what I ended up with eight and a half, nine and a half sacks, something like that. Um, yeah. I, I think at the time I would have, I think, you know, I wanted to be double digits again. Um, and I kind of had, I was kind of hot and cold that year as far as numbers went, but, um, you know, as a, on the defensive line, on the defensive side of the ball, we, we had a really really good defense that year and so just to be able to contribute to that defense and and help us win games I mean uh, it was a great year yeah well and you know you said like a previous question like you're coming off a uh, shoulder injury did you think that kind of played a a part into that where you you weren't able to kind of get in a groove earlier on Uh, I don't know I mean I I had full fall camp to kind of get back into shape and get back into rhythm. And I mean, maybe, I, I don't think it was that big. Cause you a, weren't too far off, you know, I believe you had nine and a half sacks that season, you know, it, you're really close to double digits. Yeah. You know, and I think it's more of, you know, every, after every game you watch the film and, and you, you know, you grade yourself and your position coach grades you and, you understand the the plays that were out there to be had and, and how many you ended up making and that kind of thing and definitely left some plays out there. Um, but but that's you know I'm, I'm I was definitely that kind of player that was really really hard on myself and expected a lot out of myself and that's just the way I'm wired and so I always felt like I could have done better. Yeah, you know, and I think that you know, I'm the same way. I'm my own worst critic and. I think that kind of drives you as well, like to get better. And, you know, if you use it for a good thing, it can kind of motivate you and push you to, to new heights. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. I mean, it can be a, you know, it can be a great motivator. It can be a great debilitator. It depends on as long as you approach it with a healthy mindset. Right. And uh, yeah, you're understanding it to, to, to use it for your own good can definitely be a huge tool. Exactly. So that year when you guys played Weber State, you accumulated, I, I believe, uh, three and a half sacks in that game. Did you yeah, feel Brock, something? Brock stole half of it from me. He should have had four. <laughs> Brock stole the other half? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. 
did you feel like going into that game like like this is going to be a good game? Did you feel different or or no? I mean, you know, going into every game, you I know I keep talking about film, but it's such an important part of the game. And you watch film on your opponent, and and you get a sense of how you think that you can you can try to attack. And you never really know once you, until you get out there, especially being a pass rusher. I mean, it's so much like rhythm and tempo and the flow of the game um, can kind of affect that. And that day I was able to get into just a really good rhythm and flow. And it just kind of felt like everything I was doing was working. And, you know, I got three and a half sacks, but I, I don't even know how many times I hit the quarterback, but spent a lot of time in the backfield. And it was just a, it was a blast. I mean, I don't think I even, we didn't even play in the fourth quarter. I mean, we, we whipped them pretty good. It was a great game. It was a great win yeah. for us, uh, especially if it's late in the season too. So it was a good, good team win and kind of allowed us to build that momentum as we were getting closer to, to playoff football. Yeah. And that, that year was, it was a, a great year. That defense was absolutely amazing <laughs> just like the some of the the defensive players that if you kind of go through um university of montana's like history it's just like holy cow there's a lot of great defensive players yeah i mean we i mean gosh you look at the guys that played on the defense and a lot of them got shots at the next level yeah i mean you, you had you know, myself, you had Tyrone Holmes spent some time in the NFL. Tonga Takai had an NFL tryout. Um, Alex Benjamin had an NFL tryout. You had Jordan Tripp, who was drafted. Um, J.P. Kanangata, he, he played in the CFL. Brock obviously played in the NFL. I mean, we had a lot of guys on that squad that, that were really, really good football players. Yeah, yeah. So I have no clue what it feels like to actually get a sack. <laughs> uh, but what, you know, I, I played high school football, never got the chance to sack the quarterback. I was always, you know, the the offensive line. But um, what did it feel like or what does it feel like to come off the line, the edge, and and get a sack? Do you, like, just want to jump out of your body? or, or And just with the, the crowd noise, too, I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to explain, but it's something where you work on, you work on that craft, you work on that pass rush technique. I mean, thousands of times in the off season, you you the repetitions are mind-numbingly endless, and you know that situationally in a football game, you're only going to get so many opportunities to rush the quarterback, and so a lot of those scenarios are their third and long. It might be a, it's a super important down. And so when you're able to successfully execute that technique that you've been trying and practicing thousands of times leading up to this point, and you're successful at that, when you get the quarterback down, it's usually at a pivotal point within that driver, within that game. And then you have those 26,000 people stand up and start yelling. It's a, it's a pretty electrifying feeling. I can't. I can't imagine. Well, I can imagine because I've been in the the stands when that ha- has happened, but I have no clue what it would feel like to be a player when that happens. So, um, yeah, maybe someday in my dreams, I guess. 
So in 2013, you guys, you guys had an amazing season. You guys wind up having a, a playoff game against Coastal Carolina. Uh, yeah, that game, you know, going into that game, I was like, oh, man, these Carolina guys, are they have no clue what they're going to play in. You know, the Grizz are just going to, you know, it's going to be, you know, negative something degrees out there. This is this is going to be, you know, an easy win. Uh, it didn't wind up like that. They, they, they came out prepared and, you know, the Grizz lost by uh, a touchdown, I believe, 42-35. What do you remember about that game and what happened in that game that, you know, we, we just didn't have enough? That was cold. That's what I remember. <laughs> at, kickoff, at kickoff, the air temp was zero. Oh. And, you know, wind coming out of that Hellgate Canyon, it was cold out there. And, you know, give credit where credit's due. Coastal Carolina, they came up and they had a fantastic game plan. They were completely unaffected by the cold, which I think everyone thought that, you know, they were going to they were gonna struggle with. Um, and they executed their game plan. Um, they took advantage – of our defense kind of over the top. Um, they got some really big plays early on us, and we kind of dug ourselves into a hole and and uh, early, and it was just, you know, might have been one of those scenarios where if we had another quarter, I think we probably would have been okay, but ran out of time and, and unfortunately dropped that one, which, I mean, th- that was a good football team. Um, I think that we definitely fell short of our expectations that year. You know, I think we had that first round bye. We had home field. I mean, it was that, – that was a bummer. That was a tough one. That was a really tough one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, I've I've talked to a couple players. I've talked to um, Ellis Henderson and uh, Kendrick Van Akron, and, you know, they I believe they both said that they had uh, concussions after that game. Do you think, you know, with, the, uh, with how cold it was, that, that plays a part in, you know, concussions and stuff like that? You know, uh, I got a communications degree, uh, so I'm not qualified <laughs> to, to discuss what's going on in the brain at certain temperatures. I don't know. I I know that everything hurt that game. You know, if yeah. you were getting the hit, if you were the one delivering the hit, I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, it was it was cold, and yeah, who who knows how that affects your your brain? I'm sure it doesn't yeah. help, but. Who, yeah, I can't imagine what playing in that like. Yeah, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. I'm just a school teacher, so I have no um, knowledge of that either. But um, yeah, I just had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows, man? I have no idea. Yeah. So in 2014, you were selected to wear the 37 jersey. So how did how did you feel when that that happened? Being you know from Montana. Uh, how did, how did that feel? I mean, it's, it's an immense honor. It really is. Cause it, it, it represents so many things that are near and dear to my heart. You know, it represents the state of Montana, which I love and the people and the mentality. And so it was a huge honor, um, and privilege to be able to wear for a year. Um, and I, I cherish that, you know, I was, I was privileged and lucky enough to be able to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what does that thirty-seven jersey mean to you? Yeah, I mean it's. You know, I kind of touched on it. You know, to, to me, you represent the state of Montana. You represent the people of Montana. The 
the hardworking, you know, high integrity, you know, gonna gonna be the hardest worker in the room, gonna do everything the right way, and um, be a great teammate as well. Um, so that's kind of yeah. I mean, it's it's a really cool tradition too, and to be a part of that tradition that's lasted so long um, and is so unique to our university. I mean, it's just, again, I just, I still feel so honored to be able to have worn it. So what is it like to wear uh, the 37 jersey? Obviously it's a little different than any other number just because, you know, um, people that are fans of the Grizz, you know, everyone knows, I, I would think if if they're a real diehard fan that they, they know the the backstory of the thirty seven jersey. So how different is wearing that number? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't any different. I mean, definitely a little bit more attention and maybe expectations. Um, I'll say that going into my senior year, probably no one had higher expectations for me than me. So that that really didn't affect me at all. Um, more so I just had fun wearing it. And again, it was just, it was, it was a little surreal that, you know, it was a kid who didn't even start playing football until high school and was a partial scholarship. And, you know, my senior year, I'm, I'm rocking the three seven. So it definitely was a surreal feeling. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was different. Uh, but I loved my number. I was 58 before 37 and I loved that number. And I, I joked with Jordan, being like, I don't know, man. I, I have a good number. I don't know. <laughs> nice. No, it, nice. Was a, it, was, it was a no-brainer. I was I was excited to have it. So if you had a chance to do it all over again, would you would you wear the 37 jersey? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Definitely. Yeah, no, there's just like I said, this it was such an honor to wear and everything that it that it means to me and everyone else. It, it's cool to be part of that story. Yeah. So is is there like a, a an etiquette or some type of process that you guys have to follow to pass that on? Um do you, do you know of any type of process or rules that you you had to follow? Well, the it had to be a Montana born player. Yeah. And that's pretty much the only official rule. Um Yeah. Yeah, and then okay. you know how it's passed down is kind of it's up to the it's up to the person that that has it that's passing it. Okay, and I believe you you got it from Jordan Trip, I believe, right? Yep, I did. Do, can you kind of give us a glimpse of like how that happened, if you don't mind? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> All right. I I listen. I'll, I'll tell you this. It was something that it's it's very important to us um and it means a lot and when jordan and i did it and then when i passed it to caleb kidder it was something that you know when i was going to pass it to caleb you know the university and the athletic department they kind of wanted to do kind of like a social media thing and record it and, and kind of make it a production but it was something that was so kind of almost like sacred to us within the team that we just kind of wanted to do it amongst ourselves in our own way. Okay. And 
and and to me it, it made it so much cooler to have that intimate moment um and process that you just kind of handle internally within the team and um yeah i, I wouldn't have done it any different that's awesome that's awesome i i bet because like you know you, you, as a fan you're always like oh i wonder who's gonna get it you know and, and kind of you know uh wonder and wonder and wonder and uh, anticipation is kind of cool, like, you know, leading up to like finding out, but you, there is never like a, a production. You kind of maybe hear from like a newspaper clipping of, Oh, this is who's going to wear 37, but it's never like, you know, like you said. So, um, that's kind of cool as a fan. Like I, I thank you for letting us know with that. Cause I just, it, we don't get to see that part of it. And so it's kind of cool to see that, the players have that that buy-in and that that just take that tradition so so seriously well yeah and you know i i took it so serious you know i i contemplated every player on that roster that was born in this great state i considered and yeah. i took it extremely i took I, yeah it's a big deal to me and to to everyone else that you know is involved in this um, and so I took it very serious and it was a process and, you know, and I think kind of the, you know, keeping it internal and keeping everyone guessing and kind of the, I don't want to say like the mystery of it, but it, it kind of is, you know, of wondering who it's yeah. going to be and the speculation and people asking you this, that, the other thing. And it, it kind of makes it fun. And, but, but again, it's, it's more about, you know, having that opportunity to, to do that within the team. And within that brotherhood and and that, personally i i wouldn't do it any other way so like you mentioned you you passed it to caleb uh kidder what were there certain things that you know you, i know you mentioned what it means and what it sent like what it symbolizes but was there something like specific that you were looking for that you, you know you you were like okay this is my criteria of of these the player has to have this yeah, I mean it was. Yeah, I mean the the standards are very high. It's you know the first thing that I looked for was I wanted a I wanted a great human being to wear that. I wanted a great ambassador for the team for the university. I wanted you know obviously need a great football player. We have tons of those, so that that wasn't going to be an issue. But wanted someone that was a great teammate, a great leader, um, and someone who had those intangibles that I knew that they were going to wear it well um, and as much consideration and deliberation that I put into my decision at the end of the day it was it really was easy um, Caleb was definitely definitely the right guy to do it and and he he wore it wore it the right way yeah definitely so what did you like best about wearing the 37 jersey I think just kind of like what, what I've already touched on I mean just being a part of the tradition um, it, it's so cool that we have that, that history, you know, at the school and just to be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. So in your senior year of high school or, or freshman year at redshirt freshman year at Missoula, was there any time that like kind of crept into your mind that you're like, I, I, I want to wear 37 or even when you were a kid, like, did, did that ever cross your mind? I don't think so. No it was, I was more concerned about 
figuring out how to play football because I still didn't really know how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was just trying, I was just trying to get on the field and play football with my brothers and have fun. And um, I wasn't really worried about that or concerned about that or, you know, no, not really. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I like when I was a kid, like, I've cheered for the Grizz and stuff for like my whole life. So I never really, really paid attention. I think as a kid, I'd really never paid attention as, as I got older, I was more aware of it. But as a kid, you're just like watching the game. You're not really knowing what 37 is as a kid. So. Right. So has your, uh, your thoughts or feelings changed uh, about 37 after being away from the game? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, it was super important and such a cool honor for me then. And, you know, as I've grown up a little bit and looking back on it, I mean, I, I still just still feel honored that I was able to wear it for a year and, um, it was just cool to be part of that tradition. Do you guys still like you keep in contact with the other, like, uh, 37 Jersey, like, um, participants or, or people that wore it? Is it kind of like a fraternity or? Yeah, I mean, there's there's guys that, you know, I keep in contact. Obviously, the guys I played with, um, yeah. you know, that I'm closest with, I, I still keep in contact with. And But every once in a while, there'll be a be a 37, you know, kind of like function, you know, that the athletic department will put on or whatnot. It's always great to catch up um, with those guys. Awesome. Awesome. At <laughs> any time during, like, your career, um, was there any, like, players like that were like mad or, or like hey I should have got 37 um that didn't get it or um because like, I, I I can only imagine like myself like if I really wanted 37 and being from Montana and it didn't happen like I wouldn't outwardly say anything but it would it would hurt yeah I um I don't know you know I I'm not sure if anyone was jealous or, you know, thought that they should have it over me or, you know, wanted to, I'm sure there was plenty of players that would love to wear it. You know, yeah. and, um, I think that at a certain point you, you know, certain people establish themselves on the team. And I think that at certain times it, it kind of, you know, plays itself out. And, you know, if you have a teammate that's that concerned about it, that, you know, it would cause an issue or something like that. And there might be bigger problems than just a Jersey number, you know? So, yeah, definitely. But no, I, you know, I don't think there was any, um, if there was, I didn't notice it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you know, or do you have any opinions on who might get it this year? Your guess is as good as mine. I'm not sure. I, I got some, I got some, uh, I got a guess. I got, I have some theories, but I'm going to keep them myself and play them close to the vest and, and see how it plays out. Alrighty, righty. <laughs> nice. So, I'm sure wearing 37, you know, isn't, you know, all fun and, and sunshine. Uh, what were some of the difficulties of wearing that number? Um, probably just expectations. You know, you are the de facto, you know, you're going to be assumed to be the leader and the captain and you're going to be expected to play at an extremely high level. 
and maybe shoulder more of the burdens of, you know, a bad team performance um, than maybe otherwise. Um, but again, you know, I, my expectations for the team and myself individually going into that senior year were so high that I didn't really feel any added pressure. Um, from wearing 37, it was more of just, I, I truly just enjoyed, you know, having the opportunity to wear it and um, wanted to wear it well and carry myself in the right way. And so, uh, but yeah, those would be the difficulties, I guess. Nice. So have you been able to, to come back to the uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium and, and raise the 37 flag? I have, yeah. Nice. How was that? It was a, is it a cool kind of tradition that they do? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool. Um, I hope they continue doing that, and it's kind of fun coming back. And I mean, being back at a game at Washington Grizz, it's it's awesome, anyways. And just to be a part of, again, I know I keep saying it, but be, be a part of the tradition, being part of the game day experience. I mean, it's awesome. Nice, nice. So your senior year, you know, going into that year. Uh, you guys play Wyoming, an FBS Mountain West school, and, and come really close to beating them. I believe the score was 17 to 12. Um, what was that like to, you know, kind of compare yourself to an FBS team and say, you know, these guys are not as earned com- compared to us. They're, they're just like us, and, and we, can, we can play with these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always had that mentality of, you know, like I said, I started playing football late. I was a partial scholarship kid, you know, in my mind, you know, there was a lot of people when I started out, you know, within, you know, even the coaching staff um, when I first got there that never thought that I would really amount to anything. Um, and so I always kind of had that, that mentality that, um, you know, I've, I would have played Alabama. Well, maybe not Alabama, but <laughs> no, I'm just, um, you know, I, I, I relish those opportunities and I would have loved, play more FBS schools um, while I was there. And so I was extremely excited. I know the team was extremely excited. And we played, we played well. I mean, I, yeah. if I remember right, I mean, we had opportunities to win that game. And oh, yeah. um, we, we were definitely, it, it wasn't a, we didn't feel like they were on a different level than us. That was a game that, you know, I really wanted to win and, yeah. uh, and was really upset that we didn't. But, um, yeah, it was cool, you know, opportunity, a good measuring stick, start the season off, you know, see where you are individually and see where we are as a team. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was actually living in Wyoming uh, during that year. And so, um, you know, being close in, or being in Wyoming, I totally wanted the Grizz to pull that one out just so I could have bragging rights and, and yeah, have it in completely. the people's yeah. So I was really hoping hoping to pull that one off. It was it was it was a close game. I believe it was like it wasn't a cold game, but I believe it was really windy. Which in Laramie, it's always windy. But yeah, well, it was. I, we had I think two stops for um, thunderstorms. I think. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember right, um, yeah, and it's like I think it's the highest football stadium in the country, elevation wise. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's one of the yeah one of the uh, the yeah if not the the highest yeah. Yeah, and, it was high. It was. I mean, we, we used to go down to NAU, and and you know that stadium's high, and it's in a dome, which doesn't help. But 
yeah, going to Laramie, it was like, golly, the air was thin up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in 2014, it was your best year. I believe you, the total of sacks was 17 and a half sacks. You know, what goes through your mind, if anything, um, you know, being on the end, the, the defensive end, going through right right before the ball snaps, what goes through your mind? Oh, man, we could spend a lot of time talking about <laughs> defensive line technique and all of this stuff, but uh, not to get into the weeds. But, yeah, you, you're going to have your – you're going to understand what down distance it is and situationally where we are in the game. We do a lot of film work or did a lot of film work prior to kickoff. So we would talk through the offensive formation. We would know from that film study what plays percentage-wise they like to run out of those formations. And then based on those pre-snap keys, what the offensive lineman, how he's leaning, how he's sitting in his stance, where the running back is in relation to the quarterback, is he in shotgun, pistol, offset? You take all those things into account and you understand that on whatever defensive call it might be, you have a certain job to accomplish. So you quickly calculate all of those things. And once you lined up, it's, it's just go time. It's, you've, you've done the reps. You, at that point, it's completely instinctual. It's a reactionary game. And that's, a, that's some of the stuff that I miss the most, just being able to line up and just, and just play. Nice. Do you have a favorite, like, move or go-to move that you like? Yeah, whichever one ends with a sack. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Like it. <laughs> yeah, my favorite move is the one that works. How about that? There you go. I wasn't there you picky. Go. I didn't have a signature. My move was I, I like the ones that worked. Awesome. <laughs> Has it set in that, you know, you're the all-time sack leader in Grizz history? Uh it's pretty crazy to think. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, it's cool. So, in 2012, was it 2012? Yeah, 2012, um, we played Apple, Appy State at in Boone. Yep. And my roommate was this true freshman kid from Oregon named Tyrone Holmes, and we didn't really know each other. And we were sitting in the room, and we, we were talking, and, you know, we, we were both kind of pass rusher guys. And, you know, I, I had zero sacks at the time, and so did Ty. And we were looking at the all-time career leader list, and we were talking about the numbers and everything. And I can't remember which one of us said it, but it was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool? If when we're all said and done, we're one and two all time. And we kind of laughed about it. And we both were kind of like, well, yeah, well, I'm going to be number one. And <laughs> that was before the first game of 2012. And then it's really cool. And me and him are really close now. And we were talking the other day. It's, it's really cool that now that we're both done with football, uh, we were able to leave you know, the program is number one and number two all time. Um, so that's, it's kind of cool that we were able to put in that hard work and kind of we're able to go down that journey together. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool looking back. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys were only separated by, I believe like three or four sacks. So um, pretty yeah. close in the number two. So. Yeah. He was, he was coming for me. 
<laughs> so what does a great pass rusher have have to have to be successful? Oh man. Well you have to have you have to have the tools. You know, physically you have to have a you have to have a good get off, you gotta be explosive. Um, but there's there's so many great pass rushers that that do it in different ways, you know, and I joke, you know, my favorite move was the one that worked, but you look at it and there's so many great pass rushers from, you know, in our, you know, just talking about, you know, historically for the Grizz, we've had some amazing defensive linemen come through and some really, really good pass rushers. But, you know, you look at the all-time greats in like the NFL, there's so many guys do it so many different ways and are successful at it. Um, but, But I think the thing that you'll have is, like a never ending motor. You just have to keep going um, and keep playing hard. And I think that's something, you know, when you combine it with the right athletic tools and then the feel of the game, I I think that's where you, you have the opportunity to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of crazy. Like you mentioned, like the the defensive um, just, pressure that that we've had for for players it has been pretty amazing and i think that that's what with our down the grizz's down years i think that that that's what they've been missing on the defensive end is just that pass rusher uh to kind of tie everything in so well as the game of football goes more and more towards a passing game i mean it's it's an ever more important part you know of your defense. I mean, you have to be able to create pressure. You got to speed up those reads for the quarterback. You've, you know, you're leaving your, your defensive backs, you know, on an Island, you know, sometimes, and, and you got to speed it up for them too. So it plays such a huge part and has such a massive impact on the game. Um, I mean, you look at like the NFL guys, you know, pass rushers, they're paid a lot of money. Yeah. And the NFL is a market where there's a market value for every position. And, you look at how the NFL values their pass rushers, it should, you know, be an indication of how important it is, you know, to the result of football games. So it's definitely an important piece. So your senior year, you end up playing uh, Eastern Washington uh, twice, once during the regular season, and then you guys wind up playing them in the playoffs. You know, I, I always feel like in basketball, it's hard to beat, a, a team more than like the third time. Cause you know, usually in conference you're playing them twice and then you, you might get them in like a, a conference tournament or something like that. I always believe in basketball. That's kind of true to that too. But I think more so in football, it, it's really hard to beat a, a football team twice, especially if they come from the same conference. Do you agree that with that? Yeah. I mean, you, you know each other so so well, um, so it's it, it's tough. It definitely is. I mean, you spend so much time scouting one another. You're playing, you know, even when you're playing other teams during the year, you might be using the film when they played Eastern Washington. So you're seeing them on 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 the on the tape a lot, and you're becoming just so familiar with them that. Yeah, it makes it tough. Is there a great game in your career that you kind of like wish you had back that kind of, you know, not like regret, but kind of just like, oh, man, I wish I could go back to that game and see if, if we could do something a little bit different? Um, I mean, 
yeah, every loss I ever had, there was always something <laughs> that I would like us to do differently. Um, there's so many. I mean, my senior year, we played Eastern Washington twice. We lost both times and um, weren't able to make some some adjustments that, you know, we should have made. And, you know, I, I think that same senior year, you know, we, we played North Dakota State yeah. at North Dakota State. And, um, you know, there were some points in that game where, I mean – we, we were right there too that would have yeah, loved 20, a, 22 to 10 so yeah would have loved to have a few snaps of that one back but yeah i mean so many i mean every time i guess that same year i mean we played cal poly and that was um that was a pretty bad loss to be honest and would like to have that one back um cal poly is always a different beast to play with a triple option game but uh th- that was one as as someone who's a big fan of uh assignment football um, I definitely wish we could have we could have ran that one back. Yeah, well, that it's so weird that triple option. Like, if if you have your assignment and you do it, like it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to stop the triple option. But it's so not boring, but also just kind of like oh, I wonder what they're gonna do now. And it it, it works though if if you're you know just really stringent to it and, and do what you're told. So I don't think they'll probably have that here in the next couple of years with Bo Baldwin going to Cal Poly. So. Oh, did, did Bo Baldwin go to Cal Poly? Yeah. He's the head coach now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he, this, this year will be his first year at Cal Poly. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'll, uh, that'll change things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know how how much it will change it off just off the the top the first year with you know he's gonna have to get his his guys and and recruit a little bit to fit what he wants to do there, um, which that'll be a really hard year <laughs> going from triple option to what he wants to do. But um, yeah, it'll yeah, be we'll interesting see. to see. Yeah, we'll see what he ends up wanting to do. That's a a big personnel change. Um, that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. So your after your senior year, uh, what did you do after the season? Did you prepare for the draft? Yeah, I did. I was um, I was invited to play in an All Star game, so I played in the NFLPA Bowl. Okay. Um, I also, you know, I was invited to the combine, and so I was at a combine prep facility in San Ramon, California, California Strength fantastic facility um jordan trip went there uh the year before me and rant and raved about it and so yeah i was there um preparing for the game played in the game and then came back and just worked out for for the combine um went and did that and then had pro day okay um yeah so as you're going from college to nfl there's all these kind of steps in the evolution process and so it was all-star game combine pro day um and then private workouts so is that kind of just like process you know usually you're you're working out to you know build strength and 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 you know maybe gain a couple extra pounds so that during the season you're you know you don't you're just protecting your body and whatnot the preparing for the NFL draft, I've heard it, it's it's so so different. Um, you're not necessarily trying to put on weight; you're trying to get faster and and, and get your um, 
working on the drills. How different is it really to to prepare for the the NFL draft? Yeah, it's totally different. You're you're preparing for a track and field meet. You know, you got these events that you want to score well in, and some of them translate to your position into your game, and some necessarily might not as much. Um, but it's kind of it's just part of that process. So yeah, the training protocols will be completely different, um, and the things that you do will be completely different. So. Nice. Did you did you kind of enjoy the the process of of going through all that? Yeah. No, it was awesome. Again, I mean, combine is in, invite only, um, so it was really cool to be a part of that and to go through that process. Got to meet a lot of cool people, and the combine is a heck of an experience, and it was cool. Uh, yeah, being a part of that. That's awesome. So. I believe you were undrafted, but signed with the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, right? Yep. I believe you got hurt. I don't know the nature of your injury. Was it your foot? Yeah, so I was actually in a a pre-draft workout um, with a defensive coordinator of an NFL team, and I planted my foot, and I spiral fractured my fifth metatarsal to the outside of my foot and got a little Jones fracture. And that was, gosh, two weeks before the draft. Oh, wow. And that kind of changed everything, obviously. And um, I had surgery on that, repaired it, and then um, after the draft, signed with the Cardinals. Okay. So, and I believe, you know, you stayed there for, I believe – I believe it was a year and then you were let go. Did, was it your foot that kind of kept you from, from playing or, or was it just kind of like you're a, I tried this and kind of wanted to try something new? Yeah, no, it was, um, unfortunately it was my foot. So I, I broke my foot the first time before the draft, uh, got, got surgery, got all healed up and was participating in training camp with the Cardinals and I refractured it during training camp. And then they put me on injured reserve. And so I was with the team for that whole year. I had surgery again. So they went in and, um, and redid that surgery, rehabbed all year with the team, felt great, um, was able to participate in off season programs. So all of those TAs, mandatory mini camp. And then on the last day of OTAs before we break to go home to before training camp starts, I actually refractured my foot again. Oh, man. Um, and so that basically, you know, I was staying off of it, hoping that I could get it healed up to start, you know, competing for a roster spot during that training camp with the Cardinals. But it just, my foot wasn't healing fast enough and, and they, um, they went ahead and released me to open that roster spot up. Okay. Did you, after that, did you kind of just like, Hey, you know, I've, I've broken it three times. Like you just kind of wanted to move on or did you continue trying to get on to a team? Yeah. I mean, I, I still, you know, at that point, you know, it's a tough, you know, year, year and a half. Um, Yeah. And still felt like I had some football to play. And so I, I kept working out, kept getting healthy, um, kept getting my foot as healthy as I could. And I had a couple of workouts. Um, and 
after one of those workouts, I had a good workout and um, their doctor ended up failing my foot on the physical. So that um, kind of squashed any opportunity that may or may not have been there. Um, and then I had one other workout with a different team and um, kind of no interest after that workout, um, after going to that camp. Um, and then after that, yeah, I just kind of took stock of everything and um, it was a hard couple of years trying to stay healthy and battling the foot and everything that goes along with that. And it just kind of felt like it was time to, um, to move on to the next, next phase of life. So why did the doctor fail your foot? Like just, they didn't want to take a chance on it or. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can't speak for why he did, but yeah, it was something on, you know, the physical with the foot, with the history of it being finicky. They, just decided that they didn't want to um, didn't want to risk, you know, the liability of having something going with the foot, and decided not to uh, not to extend an offer for me to uh, come to training camp. Huh. Wow. You know that that had to be, and and hearing your voice, it probably is still something that that's hard to talk about, or even just kind of. Um, knowing what you could have done, but, you know, injuries plays a part in, in sports. How, how did you, you get through that? You know, I, you know, at the risk of sounding corny, I learned so much about myself going through that. I mean, you know, you really have to find the silver linings and understand that, you know, in life there's things that you can, can control and there's things that you can't control and worrying about the things that you can't control you're not going to get very far and being upset and pouring that energy into something you can't control um, isn't going to get you very far. And so just kind of learning to understand that and, you know, that, you know, that was the way that it was supposed to go. You know, I, I believe that I learned so much and, and grew so much that I, I don't, I don't know if I'd trade that because I learned so much about myself it's easy for me to say that. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'd want to trade it for, for, for another crack at it, right? But yeah, um, yeah no, it, it was tough. But at the same time, I'm I'm extremely happy with how how things turned out, and uh, it'd be hard for me to to change any any part of the journey. Well, I'm I'm still I'm rooting for you to get like your own like Rudy movie, man. So. Um... <laughs> That's what I, that, you know, coming from like half scholarship. Like, I think we've got something here. I think we need to work on this. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I need a Rudy movie, man. But, uh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> do you still get to go to games and do you still kind of have that, that good, like wanting to wanting to watch football or is it something still that you're like, uh, it's just too, too, too close to when you were playing. No, you know, when I first got done, it was, you know, the way that I approached football and the opportunity that I had at football was I was going to put everything I had into it. And so I, I, every waking moment was dedicated to football. You know, what am I going to eat? What am I going to, how much sleep am I going to get? What decisions are I going to make during the day that are going to affect my practice, that are going to affect the reps that I get in? And so doing that at such a an insane pace over so many years i think when i got done i just wanted a break from it and yeah. I, I didn't watch a lot of football i didn't go to a lot of games 
And, you know, I was able to spend time and pour my energy into other passions that I have that just had to take a back seat during my playing career. So it, it was great to, to get back into those things and, and kind of put football on the back burner. Now I will say now I find myself watching more football and wanting to be at games again because um, I love football. And football taught me so many, I mean, just invaluable life lessons. And I met some of the greatest human beings and my best friends through playing football. Um, and I owe so much to that game that I definitely, definitely want to be around it. Awesome. Awesome. Do you feel like you want to get into coaching one day or is that something like, yeah, you're like, no way. <laughs> uh, I mean, at what level, you know, I would love to help out at like a local high school or something like that. But as far as wanting to be a college or an NFL coach or something like that, I, that doesn't appeal to me right now at least. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I'd love to, you know, in awesome. some capacity, you know, work, work around the game and, and, and give back to the game a little bit. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Hey man, I, that's all the questions I had. And I, I really, really do appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time with us and um, can't thank you enough for, for coming on, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is uh it's cool that you're able to, to get us to sit down and, and chat about all this stuff. It was fun, fun uh, looking back at, at the old football career, and I'm, uh, I'm glad we were able to do this. That's going to do it for another episode of Fight on Montana. I would like to thank my guest, Zach Wagonman, for coming on the podcast and talking about his career at the University of Montana. I'd like to thank the listeners for listening. As always, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast at. Until the next episode, fight on. <laughs>